0: When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. Use the church app uh, and uh, l- list your request on the prayer wall. Um, so we are, we are delighted to be in the presence of the spirit of God and you today as we worship together in honor of his name and so let's stand together and sing I've heard the bells we've heard the bells already so let's sing we've (laughs) heard
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: theme is peace. While we're remaining standing, we're going to light our, the final uh, purple candle, and while, while the candle's being lit, let's uh, read together. This is our passage from Isaiah. Read aloud with me, please. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning in a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord, for the display of his splendor. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3.
3: You may be seated. I wanted to tell everyone uh, Merry Christmas. You know this is a joyful time of year for me. I I always do a lot of reminiscing uh, growing up as a, as a kid, and just over the years I've been blessed to have some wonderful, wonderful Christmases. But you know it's not that way for everybody. And we need to be aware of that because we, we are a family, but I know that through our congregation, through our community, we have people that are hurting. And if you know of somebody, I want you to step out of your comfort zone and make a phone call, or stop by and see them, and just let them know that we care. And if any of you all, uh, you know, I'm the Deacon of the Week, it says J.D. Manning, I'm not J.D., I'm a little shorter than he is, (laughs) but my phone number is in the church directory, and so I will encourage you to use that, 660-351-4780. If any of you all are struggling this time, and you know, this is is it's just not a joyous time for you. I want you to call me, I want you to email me, I want you to text me. We'll go have a cup of coffee and we'll just talk. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful Christmas season. And Father, I, I think Christmas should be all year round because it's a it's a renewing for each one of us, I think, as we reflect on the birth of Christ and and uh, But it's not so for everyone, and I understand that. So, Father, just help us to uh, be ambassadors for you this year and uh, go out of our way to make everyone feel your love. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
1: Oh, The green.
0: Stand with me as we read our gospel reading this morning. Luke chapter 1, at that time, Mary got ready, hurried to a town in the hill country where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her promises to her. Luke 1, 39-45. Thank you. Be seated. Please stand with me as we read together uh, our psalm for the day. It is Mary's song. Let's read it together. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with the good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Luke 1, 46
2: through 55. Amen. Please remain standing. We've got a couple songs in a row that are they have some energy to them. This first one. Is just based on the scripture that we just read. And uh, if you feel like you have to sit down, to, then uh, do that. But let's uh, put some energy in the room, stand and sing loudly.
1: among those on whom his favor rests. Come and worship, do not be afraid. My soul, my soul, child is born unto us the son is dear let every heart
0: Of heaven come! Wow, yeah. Mm. I like the energy in the room, Kevin. It gets a kind of a party, kind of a feel. It's the uh, it's the kind of feel when you have the opportunity to uh, celebrate good things in people's lives. And today, I'm especially grateful for the friendship and the positive role model of a long-term marriage from Jim and Linda Martin, 58 years this week. Thank you guys, thank you. And he still rides a Harley once in a while. Okay, yeah. (laughs) All right, so, um, great music. And a great time together. Um, you know, God has, God has given us the promise. It's a, it's a promise that is laced throughout the Old Testament. It's the promise of a king. It's the promise of a Messiah. It, it is the promise which leads to life, the promise of peace and hope. It's a promise that is filled with, for us today, anticipation. And our anticipation is not much different from the anticipation of the Jewish people across the years as the promise was given to them and they would anticipate a Messiah. We are given a promise. Jesus, Jesus said to the disciples when he was ascending into the heavens. The messenger of the Lord, the angel said to the disciples that Jesus was ascending into the heavens. Why are you standing here looking up? This same Jesus you see ascending into the heavens. Will come again. And so we live in this arena of promise from God in anticipation. He is coming. He is coming. It's not always been that way. The children of Israel rejected the, the Lord as their king and they said to Samuel give us a king give us a king we want a king we want a king like all the other countries around us if we just if we just had a king then we would know security if we just had a king we would be safe if we just had a king give us a king Give us a king. And Samuel's heart was broken. And he went before the Lord. And the Lord said, just tell them they can have a king. But be sure to tell them this. This is is what the king you're asking for will give you. 2 Samuel, or 1 Samuel chapter 8. With Verse 10, Samuel told all the words of the Lord to his people who were asking him for a king. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses. And they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands, commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to, to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards, olive groves, and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officials uh, officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. Then when that day comes you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. Give us a king. It's not gonna be good. We want a king anyway, they said. And so the Lord gave them a king. And that didn't turn out very well. Saul... David, Solomon, king after king after king, none of them, none of them could deliver what the people needed or wanted. But then, but then, the Lord began to, to make this promise, a different kind of king is coming. He began to offer hope in a king who would who would bring peace. And through the prophet Micah, he, uh, he tells us of a new king to be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when... She who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. And he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth and he will be our peace. This, this passage opens with a reference to uh, Sennacherib's uh, siege of Jerusalem. Sennacherib was the king of, of Babylon, and he had laid siege to the city of Jerusalem, and the result of this siege was the humiliation of King Hezekiah, and 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 uh, and, and they, as they have surrounded the city, laying siege to Jerusalem. Um, Micah Micah also also gives us this calls attention to the to the season of exile in the um, of the people and and the fact that this promise this promise will be fulfilled in a span of time and so Micah 's prophecy of the new king in Bethlehem comes against the backdrop of weak weak and weaker rulers and and kings in Israel's history. But even in the midst of of this humiliation, God is at work turning humiliation into into victory through, through this promised messianic ruler, whose human origins are uh, not from the proud city of Jerusalem but rather from them from the tiny insignificant little town of Bethlehem a few miles away from Jerusalem resting on the hillsides an insignificant place however, it was the birthplace of David, and now and now we are told it will be the birthplace of David's most significant descendant. This will be the birthplace of the Messiah. and when he comes. This new king in Bethlehem will be identified as the ruler over Israel. And immediately, we get this picture, you know, because we've watched the history and know that Israel is divided north and south, family and clan against family and clan. But now, this Messiah, this Messiah will reign over a reunited Israel. Not part of it, but the whole. And at last, Israel will have a king who is a completely fit ruler. One who is rooted in the lineage of David but who's also from ancient times." If we drop back to chapter 4, we see this new king comes from God's chosen people. And when he comes, he will restore, he'll bring restoration and reunification. The covenant nation will be, will be whole again. Micah's prophecy has one foot firmly planted in history and it's as if he's taking a step, and the other is suspended in anticipation of not of a of a but, not not a new king in Jerusalem in, in Bethlehem but the new king in Bethlehem. And as it is with most prophecies, there is an already but not yet gap. And Israel, Micah's text says that Israel is abandoned until the people return. And when the when the new king, when the new king in Bethlehem comes, he will do two things. He will, he will stand. The picture of the king standing is of a king installed as the king to rule over his people, and as he, he would stand to offer his his edicts and rule uh, of the of the people uh, and issue his decrees this this new king in bethlehem his rule his rule is so different because it will last forever it will endure No king had hope of any enduring reign. But now the the promise is of one who has an enduring reign. This ruler king will rule in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And his rule will endure. It's not coming to an end. He will stand and he will, he will shepherd. He will shepherd his flock. And the imagery is of this new king feeding and leading and protecting his people. In other words, just taking good care of them. This king is like no other king. The people have known. This new king in Bethlehem is a king who performs his duties in the strength of the Lord because he is the Lord himself. And as he he performs his duties, it's not in human strength. It's in the strength of the Lord, and this shepherd king functions functions not only in the strength but in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And Micah is painting a picture for us of a king, a ruler king, and a shepherd king who is different from any king ever known before or to follow. And the appearance, the appearance of this new king in Bethlehem will accomplish two purposes. So when this new king comes to Bethlehem, his followers will live securely. His greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. The Messiah shepherd king will not be bound by a province, but he will rule universally. This is, this is, you know, Bethlehem is a little bitty tiny place, but this king will will rule everywhere to the ends of the earth his rule will extend this is no ordinary king the new king in Bethlehem is lord at his birth and his lordship extends to every place and to every person every person past every person present every person future he is lord over every person in every place throughout the ages and because because of this those who follow him will live securely Because he is the kind of king who can produce security. He is the kind of king who gives life. And he will be our peace. The clause literally is. He will be peace, which means his rule will bring about about true peace in the sense of, of, uh, well, as Jesus put it. That's probably the best way to describe it. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I've come to give life and give it abundantly. I've come to give it to the full. Whatever descriptive word you need to describe the magnitude of what, God, what Jesus has come to do in your life, use it abundantly full. I describe it as the best possible life you can live now. You see, what he has done is he has come to give us Peace. He not, only, he not only brings peace, he, he is. He is peace. He is the author of peace. And as Isaiah said, he is, he is the prince of peace. And as Paul identified him, he is our peace. This new king in Bethlehem personifies peace. And from the time the people asked for a king, they did not know peace. They had no peace. And apart from a relationship with this king, we have no peace. Fallen humans cannot have peace with a holy God. Plain and simple His holiness cannot tolerate our unholiness. And we cannot, in our fallen condition, ever even hope to have peace with Him who is holy. Paul described the unrepentant as alienated and as enemies. There's no peace when you're alienated or when you're an enemy. There's no peace. Try as we might. Human effort cannot produce peace. Human effort cannot produce peace with God. Isaiah said it said it best. there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. well, and immediately we said oh, that's that, that that's somebody else I'm I'm, I'm 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 not I'm not the wicked we need we need to only read a sentence in the book of Romans to realize it's all of us for all. Have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. So, apart from this new king, there is no peace. I am so glad for the promise because the promise. Holds the possibility of peace. This new king in Bethlehem brings with him the possibility of peace with God. This is the promise. If I give him the rule of my life, I will have peace with God. It's that simple. I give him the rule of my life. I make him the resident boss of me. I declare him Lord. And with his lordship comes peace. A peace I've known for 55 years. What about you? Do you have peace with God? If you know the new king in Bethlehem, you have peace with God. If you don't know him, you have no peace and frankly, no hope. Because life, is to be found in him. And we want you to have peace. We want you to have peace. And so this morning, I just simply invite you, if you have not come to the place where you've given him the rule of your life, today's the day to hand it over to him. And as you hand it over to him, he will give you life. And he'll give it to you In the full and abundantly and you will you will begin immediately to have peace with God a peace which will grow and as the Bible says it it's a peace it's a peace which passes all understanding comes only through Jesus Christ today we offer you the gift of peace If you join us online, just if you click the I want Jesus in my life button on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, or call or text me, my number's on on your screen. But if you're in the room this morning, I simply want to ask you, if you want peace and you don't have peace, to give your life to Jesus and find in him and indescribable peace. Come to the front. Share with us your desire to declare him Lord and ruler of your life. If you're here today and you're you're looking for a church home, we'd welcome members. We would uh, be delighted to have you. Come and join us in the mission to fulfill the great commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus in this community. So as we stand together to sing. You'll just step forward and come and share with me your response this morning. So while we're singing, you come.